to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. you grab it with me today and turn to the book of Matthew or open your app to the book of Matthew chapter 6. If you got the Bible, you can put your finger there and then flip over to Exodus chapter 3. And uh, we're going to pick back up with a series that we started last week that we are calling Milk and Honey. And uh, if you were not here Last week, let me just kind of catch you up to speed. We're springboarding out of this verse of Exodus chapter 3, and this is kind of the big idea setting the course for where we're going in this series, and it's God speaking to Israel, to his people, and it says this, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt, and I will bring you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. All right, I want you to just get that picture in your mind. I'm going to bring you up out of Egypt, and I'm going to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. And I shared with you last week that that's really a picture of salvation. That's a picture of what God does for every single person who puts their faith in Jesus, that he brings them out of, not slavery in Egypt, but slavery to sin, out of bondage. But he doesn't just bring us out of bondage. I know you're distracted by the beautiful graphic behind me. You're, some of you, I see you're, you're, you're you know, slobbering down your chin right now. But bring, he doesn't just bring you uh, out of bondage. I love the way he says it, up out of Egypt. He doesn't just bring you up out of Egypt. He brings you into a place of blessing. And I shared with you last week that God's plan and purpose, and I hope that all of us grab a hold of this, that God's plan and purpose for every single one of us is to bless us. Not because we're so good, but because he's so good. And uh, blessing is just the projection of God's goodness into our lives. And I, I, last week I went through uh, the benefits that there are from Psalm 103. And I just encourage you, if you missed last week's message, listen to the podcast because every week in this message just builds one week after another, okay? And so I want to encourage you uh, just to catch that on the podcast. But I talked to you about the benefits of serving the Lord. Who likes benefits? I hope you like benefits, and, and I don't know if you realize this, but the Bible tells us there's benefits to serving the Lord. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And I told you last week, there's, a, there's five benefits listed in that passage, and one of those benefits is, is not only it starts off, he says he forgives all your iniquity, he forgives all your sin, but it's not just forgiveness, then it goes on to say he heals all all of your disease. Now, I hope we believe that, that if we can believe God for salvation, that we'll also believe God for healing. There, there are two sides of the same coin. Uh, oftentimes, we would say, you know, it's easy to believe God for the forgiveness of sins, but when it comes to believing God for healing, sometimes we're kind of like, I'm not so sure uh, if God wants to heal me, but the Bible is clear about God's will. Jesus never went around and saw somebody sick and said, you know what, I'm going to leave you there. I hope you learn your lesson. He never said that to anybody. He never said to anybody, you're kind of prideful. I'm going to put some sickness on you. God never said that. Why? Because God's will is for healing and for health. And I understand that we live in this already and not yet 
moment, but if we don't understand the benefits that are available to us, the blessing of God that God wants to give to us, we will never enter into it. And so for many of us, we're in that place of we've been brought out of bondage, but we are not yet, we've not fully entered into the blessing. You know, the reality is that there's that, there's a, a process or a pursuit towards the promise. If you read the story of the children of Israel entering into the blessing of God, how many of you know that when God said, I'm going to bring you into this land flowing with milk and honey, how many of you know that when they showed up, the people who were living there before them weren't just like, oh, cool, actually, we've been waiting for you to come. We have everything prepared. We've, we've gone ahead and milked the cows and gotten the honey. It's ready here for you. How many of you know there had to be some work and effort to take hold of the promise? That was, two of you believe that. <laughs> you, you see, the grace of God is contrary to our earning, but it's not contrary to our effort. Some people think God's promise is just going to fall out of the sky onto our lives, and they look around at the sky waiting for God to move, as opposed to what the Bible says, taking hold of the promise through faith and patience. And so there's a pursuit to the promise. And I, I want to, before we actually get into today's message, I want to tell, uh, I want you to hear for, from some, uh, a wonderful couple in our church who is really in that pursuit moment, believing God uh, for his purpose and his promise to be fulfilled uh, in their lives. And that is Mark and Marcia Thorsell. And so Mark and Marcia, would you guys stand up and come, come over here? And, uh, Mark and Marcia, if you guys don't know, they are, uh, if you don't know Mark and Marcia, you're missing out. Uh, number one, not only is he an incredibly good looking man, as he comes into the light, <laughs> you will see the, the, the beauty that just radiates uh, from him. But they're also, they're Kendall's parents, and um, they are just a great, great blessing. So, you guys, can everybody see Mark and Marcia? Okay, over here. All right, so Mark and Marsha, I want you guys to just share a little bit. I'll give you the microphone um, because I know you guys are in that place of uh, believing God for some real miracles in your life. And could you just share with us about what that is and how, how that looks in your journey? Yes. Thank you. Mark's scared, so I'm going to do the talk. <laughs> now, really, uh, well, I'll just explain. In 2009, <clears throat> Mark was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and that was a complete shock. We didn't even know what Parkinson's was, but we had just noticed, I noticed things like when we were, I'd see him walking along the beach, and his left arm didn't swing, you know, when his right arm did, and I'm thinking, what is that? And he began to tell me of some issues he was having, and went to the doctor, and it was just an immediate diagnosis. And so just because... Uh, you might not know. Let me just briefly tell you what Parkinson's is. Parkinson's isn't something that's usually fatal. Uh, it is increasingly debilitating, but usually what happens, you know, at an older age or whatever is that somebody might die as a result of something produced from it, mm -hmm. but not Parkinson's itself. It's a neurological disorder. They call it a movement disorder where basically, you know, your brain is not producing dopamine, like it's supposed to, the cells have died, and so as a result, all the signals to every part of your body are just going haywire. 
And so there's everything from uh, slowness of movement to um, rigidity in your body to slowness of every process in your body, every single thing, to um, facial masking is what they call it, which is why whenever you see him, I laugh because he's such a nice guy, mm -hmm. but he looks a little scary sometimes. <laughs> Like his own grandchildren are like, mm, you know, because sometimes he'll just be able to smile. Like right now, he's getting a little stressed and nervous. So, you know, but he, sometimes he's able to just smile and show his beautiful little pearly whites. And other times, it's just stoic, and that's part of Parkinson's. So when you see him, if he's not smiling on the outside, he's smiling on the inside yeah, yeah. and saying, "Come on, come on." Yeah. You you can his his brain outside of Parkinson's. I mean, you know, he's he's fine. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's just the ability to get it out. His voice is about half the volume that it was, and there's just that ab ability. Sometimes he can communicate really well, and sometimes it's a struggle, and I'm going, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Of course, I'm doing that extremely patient and lovingly, mm. always. <laughs> always. Never an ounce of frustration. Never. So anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, this is church. Yeah, I can't be lie. Honest oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, that's kind of basically what Parkinson's is. So when he was diagnosed, we, you know, we both got saved at five years old. We we began to believe for healing. We began to pray and seek healing, and hands were laid, and we just we just stood for that. But I'll tell you something. After a few years. Uh, that got a little frustrating. Hmm. And what happened basically is that I kind of stayed there. That's my theology. And I just kept standing even though it was, it felt lonely and frustrating and hmm. didn't understand. Mark, out of, out of just trying to survive, did what a lot of people do. And that is he sort of formed his own theology to justify hmm. what was going on. Hmm. so that he just wouldn't get frustrated with God and lose his joy completely. Hmm. And so his walk has stayed strong, and he's the most joyful guy I know. But he just began to think, God can heal, but I guess he's just chosen to not heal me, so I'm going to serve him and love him and, and be godly and, and hmm. have joy. Yeah, he, and he, yeah, I wasn't going to admit that, but he, he became a... You thought healing stopped. Yeah, he thought yeah. that... Healing just stopped, you know, with the, the, the with the apostles, you know. So, so you wrong. kind of brought down your level of, of yeah. belief yeah. to your experience. Right. Yeah. And what happened is, uh, it, you know, it was difficult for us because it's something that we really couldn't talk about because we were on two different wavelengths. Mm. And um, any time that I would say something, uh, you know, he would have a tendency to be offended like, oh, I see, I just don't have enough faith. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which I totally understand, but that's not what I meant. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened is at the beginning of this year, God just really did something. It was totally God. I got revived in the, the fight that I was in, and then through some things that Justin said, even though he didn't know he said, you know, things that he said, and some things that Mark listened to and whatever, we grabbed hold of this thing again. And so Psalm 103.3 is like my jam, mm, you know, because yeah. he says, bless the Lord, oh, my Come soul, yeah. and don't forget Forgets. my benefits, yeah. which yeah. are, I forgive all your sins, mm -hmm. and I heal 
all your diseases. Not some of them, not maybe yours, but not yours. Mm -hmm. What it'll do for one, it'll do for all. That's right. You know, and he said, I'll heal, I heal them all. Mm -hmm. And so we began to take hold of this thing. By his stripes, we have been healed. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a physical healing. Mm -hmm. And began to just understand more fully that that what was paid for on the cross was not just the little part that most of us take, which is for eternity. You know, our spirit is born again and our spirit. But what was paid for on the cross, that one act paid for body, soul, and spirit, Mm -hmm. you know. And so what we have come to understand is that Mark is a spirit man. We Mm -hmm. are spirit beings. Mm -hmm. And that spirit is whole. Mm-hmm. and healed. Mm-hmm. You know, we are seated in the heavenlies. Well, you're mm-hmm. not seated in the heavenlies with Parkinson's. That's right. Amen. You know, Amen. we he is healed already. It was paid for on the cross. Mm-hmm. And his soul, our soul is our mind. Well, what do we know about that? That's the battlefield of the mind. That's where That's the right. enemy tries to get us by what we're thinking, yeah. tries to get us to doubt and not believe totally mm-hmm. the truth. And that's why our mind needs to be renewed, which is yeah. what we're constantly doing, trying yeah. to renew our mind to the truth of the word. Yeah. And then the shell is the, the thing that's affected by Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just a shell. Yeah. It's just a shell. Yeah. The truth is Mark stands healed. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we decided to do was to not base our theology and what we believe anymore on our experience or our lack of it. That's right. Yeah. We decided to base it on the truth of the word and not move from yeah. it. Yeah. And I will tell you some days are harder than others. And I will tell you, you know, I want to be like him when I grow up, uh-huh. you know. Yep. But, but this is what we're doing. We're standing on it. So we're in That's that right. place right now of the waiting, mm-hmm. of the standing. We're not begging God. Mm-hmm. He's already done it. Mm-hmm. We are speaking to him. See, we're in that place where you find, like the song today, all his promises are yes and amen. And then that bridge said, and I will rest in yeah, your promises. Right. So we're in that place of fight and rest. Yes. Mark is the rester. <laughs> he has found that his joy in the Lord, you know, he has found God in this weight. Mm. And he is joyful knowing he is healed yes. and knowing that the fulfillment of that healing in his body is coming. Yeah. We will see it. We will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the That's living. Right. That's we right. will. That's right. We don't know when. And yes. if you say, well, why? You know, you've seen him come up and be prayed for. Justin's prayed. You've seen him stand out of a wheelchair, which he's not in right now. But that's not because those physical symptoms are not there. Right. It's because this is his way of just trying to step into this healing. Mm-hmm. But it is a fight every day for him to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. That's his fight, mm-hmm. to not give up and just lay there and, you know, mm-hmm. say forget it. Yeah. And so we are in that place. Um, he's, I'm resting too in the mm-hmm. promises of God, but at the same time, every day I'm yelling at the devil Amen. and speaking to his body to line up with his spirit, which is healed. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't like it when I yell <laughs> yeah. because he thinks I'm yelling at him. And I'm not. I'm yeah. yelling at the devil. Let me, let me ask you this, Marsha. I love what you said of his body distinguishing spirit, soul, body. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago, uh, spirit, soul, body. And the reality is that when we come to Christ, we receive his spirit. We are born again. Right. Our spirit comes alive. But then there's the process of that working out into our lives. And ultimately, there is the day that that will be fully manifest. The Bible says that we will be 
raised from the dead that when we see him, we'll be like him. And so the reason I wanted you guys to share today is because oftentimes uh, we hear about the promise of God, the purpose of God, the will of God, and, and we don't see it manifest in, the, in the, the, the natural, in our body here and now. And so we go, I guess that's not going to happen. And we do what the Bible calls casting away our confidence, which has a great reward, the Bible says. So I want you to just say in, in very, very quickly, Marcia, people that are in that place, uh, they, they know that God's brought them out of bondage to sin, but they've not yet entered into the blessing fully. What would you say to them? How do they stand in that place of, of faith, fighting in faith, but also standing in patience? The first thing would be to consider the blessings of God, despite the fact that you're, you're in this period of waiting. Because his blessings are so innumerable. And it's actually, I've gotten a more of a focus and more of a perception about what God's goodness is to me uh, in the midst of this stuff. You know? yeah. I yeah. can't do stuff I used to do, but he's given me so much more. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, I'm totally aware of this, like he was just saying, that this three-part being. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. By sight is this, mm -hmm. what we feel and what we see and what we smell and what we taste, and I feel pain. Mm. But, but I choose to look past that and say, that devil is gone. You know, mm -hmm. it may be still hanging on in his body, but it was defeated on the cross. That's right. And then our mind just has to be renewed. Mm -hmm. That's what Romans 12 right. says, you know, be renewed by the word. Yeah. You know, so that... What our natural response is not, oh, I'm really in pain and I'm hurting. Oh, but by his stripes I have been healed. But our first response is just, I am healed mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So this is just constantly a, uh, you know, like a mantra every day, mm -hmm. just uh, declaring the word, saying the word, let it, speaking it out mm -hmm. so that the devil, our enemy who's out to steal, kill, and destroy us, hears me. That's right. Say, yeah. you are done. Yeah. You yeah. are done. It doesn't yeah. matter that I haven't seen it yet. Mm. He is healed in the mm -hmm. heavenlies, mm -hmm. and you are yeah. defeated in yeah. our lives. Yeah. And so what we wanted today really was because you're our family, mm -hmm. you know. And, and so when he's prayed for and then, you know, that hasn't manifested in his body, we are not walking away going, oh, gee, I guess it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh man, you know, of, of course it's a little disappointing mm -hmm. because every day I expect it to be the day mm -hmm. when it manifests. Mm -hmm. Every worship service, every day, That's I expect right. it to be the day that yeah. it manifests, and yeah. so does Mark. Yeah. But we are not, we want you to stand with us yeah. with joy. Yes. You know, yes. we have found God in this process, yeah. and it's a joyful process. Yeah. yeah. You know? Amen. Well, the one thing that encourages me too is the fact that, uh, the fact that when we made this decision, it was in April, and uh, it was actually a 180 for us. Hmm. And uh, one thing that encourages me is that since then, it's gotten worse. Hmm. Soon it's gotten worse. So there's opposition to me hmm. doing this, hmm. and that proves me again because we're going to God. Because the more I suffer from this thing, the more I'm drawn to Him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sincerely, every symptom, yeah, yeah, yeah. every yeah. symptom, symptom worsened. Yeah. But we know that's just pushback. Yeah. 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 That means that he's irritated. Yeah. You know. That's right. It's working. That's right. On a personal note. Yeah. I just want to say that 
35 years ago tomorrow, this young lady married me. <laughs> it's our 35th anniversary. Yeah. But I'm, I married him on his birthday, so tomorrow he's 65. Ooh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. But we just, we love you. We want you to not feel awkward mm -hmm. with us about yeah. this. We don't yeah. want this to be the elephant in the room. Right. right. You can talk to us. You yeah. can talk to Mark. You yeah. can stand with us. You can, you know, fight with us. Yes. And just, and believe me, when that is manifested, there won't be any question. Come on. This will not be a calm church that day. Yeah, that's right. That's if right. y'all may be calm, but... I'll be doing circles around, and Mark will be doing cartwheels right That's across right. the platform. Yes, yes, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you. I, I wanted I wanted Mark and Marcia to come up because I wanted you guys to see a real time example of what living by faith means. And it's not always easy. That's why the Bible says the fight of faith. And so I want to just say to you guys, Mark and Marcia, thank you for the example that you guys give. Thank you for even being willing to come up and, and for sharing. You've encouraged my faith. And so we just want to say thank you to you guys. We love you guys. We honor you guys. And I want to pray for you guys. Uh, again, we've been we've prayed numerous times, and we're going to keep praying. And so I want to ask you guys, if you would, just as an as a church to extend uh, your hands towards Mark and Marcia. And here's what we're going to do. We're just going to thank God. We're going to thank God that what we have prayed for and what the Bible says that has been accomplished is going to be manifest. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your healing. God, we thank you. Your word says that by your stripes we are healed. Lord, we thank you, God, for the healing that will, will fully manifest in Mark's body. Lord, we don't know when and we don't know how, but Father, we thank you that it will happen. And so, Lord, we stand in faith and we give you praise today. We give you thanks today, God. I pray, Lord, every single day as they wake up, Father, fill them with joy. Fill them with peace, I pray. Let your joy be their strength, we ask. And we thank you. We bless them today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you express your appreciation one more time? Thank you, guys. Awesome. Nate, let me give this to you if I can. Awesome. All right. Very good. Well, I just wanted you guys to hear, to hear that and um, because I really believe it's important for us to have an understanding of what does it look like to enter into the blessing of God. And, uh, you know, Mark said if we don't know it or we, we don't believe in it, then we will not receive it. And so we want to encourage every single one of us to, to really press into what God has. And today I want to speak to you uh, about something that I believe is perhaps the most significant, the most important factor in receiving the full blessing, the full benefit that God has given to us through Jesus. And, and that is what I would call the principle of honor. The principle of honor. You know, the reality is in our world today that oftentimes our culture is not a culture of honor. We often live in a culture of dishonor. If you don't believe me, just open Twitter right now, okay? We live in a culture of dishonor. People can spend a life building a reputation, building a, 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 you know, a, a track record, and other people can attempt to tear that down in 140 characters or less. It is dishonor. It, it's the culture that we live in is a culture of dishonor. And, but everything that God does, everything that happens in the kingdom of God happens through honor. 
And so in order to understand honor, first of all, I want to just define what is honor. What does it mean to be a person, a man, or a woman of honor? And so here's a definition of honor. Basically, we could look at kind of some different definitions, but here's the definition that I want you to see, is that to honor someone or something means to give weight or value to something. It means to give weight or value. It is to recognize something as important, as significant, as weighty, or as valuable. Uh, I'll give you an illustration. I told you last week about my wife using Bed Bath & Beyond coupons as an illustration of redemption, and, uh, but my wife has lots of great examples that I can use. And so one of the, the great things uh, that she does is she sees value in things that other people may not. She loves to shop. She loves to stretch a dollar, and she loves to find a deal. And she's been known to drive around on trash day. She's going to hate me saying this. <laughs> not to pick up trash, but to pick up things that are valuable, that other people don't see as valuable. She, not, not only that, she loves to thrift. We were just in Palm Springs, and she wanted to go to the thrift store in Palm Springs and see if she could find a Marilyn Monroe hand-me-down or something. I don't know, but she likes to go to the Goodwill. But not only does she go to the Goodwill, she's actually gone to, I don't know if you realize this, but, but there's a dumpster behind the Goodwill. <laughs> and when things aren't purchased at Goodwill, they'll actually put it out by the dumpster. Now, let me, let me just qualify this. She does not get trash. She does not get garbage. But she's actually brought things home that were not in Goodwill, but in the dumpster, beside the dumpster, at Goodwill, and she's brought it home. And I say, what are you doing with that? Until other people show up. I, I kid you not. People have shown up, and they see this piece, and they go, where did you get that? <laughs> you know Goodwill? There's a dumpster out back, okay? Now, let me just say this, and she's, I've learned my lesson. I used to correct her on it, and then she started selling this stuff, and, and you know, I, I was like, can you go full-time selling this stuff? And, and why do I tell you that? I tell you that because it's a picture of honor. It's a picture of honor, you see, other people see those items and they see that's just garbage. I'll throw that away. They don't see the value in it. But when she sees it, she doesn't see what other people see. She sees what it could be. She sees the potential. What is that? It is honor. And if you want to experience the blessing of God, the favor of God, the goodness of God on your life, you have to learn the principle of honor. You have to learn the principle of honor, honoring other people, honoring God's word, honoring the things that God has put into your life, the principle of honor. And we see a great example or illustration of this principle of honor in Matthew chapter 6, the Bible says this in verse 1, and I really encourage you to read along with this because it's, it's a really important passage. It is Jesus returning to his hometown. And the Bible says this, he, came, he, he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. 
And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Listen to this. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us so that they were offended by him? You may read it at the beginning and you think that they're complimenting him. Who is this guy? But they weren't saying, who is this guy? They were saying, who does this guy think he is? Who is this guy? We know who this guy is. He grew up in our town. He was in my class in school. He made our kitchen table. Who does he think he is to teach us? Who does he think he is to lay his hands on us? Why does he think there's healing power in those hands? He's just a carpenter. And listen to what Jesus said. He said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his relatives, and in his own house. Listen to what it says. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. This story is haunting in my mind. It is a haunting story. And let me tell you the phrase that that sticks with me. It's the phrase that says he could not do any mighty works. He could do no mighty works. And the reason that is so Uh, significant to me is it does not say that he would not. If it said he would not, I would say, well, that's his free will. It's his own decision not to heal those people. But it does not say he would not. It says he could not. God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, omnipotent, all-powerful, was restrained by what? By a lack of honor. It was a lack of honor. And here Jesus was in the midst of the city. Anything was possible in that moment. People could be healed. People's lives could be transformed. People's eternal destiny and direction could be transformed in a moment in the presence of Jesus. But he could not do it because they did not honor him. I want you to see this. It wasn't that Jesus was not willing It was that he was not honored. You see, dishonor constrains the blessing of God from being manifest into your life. You can do nothing to earn the blessing of God, but you can do things to position yourself for God's blessing to come in your life. You can create what I would call an atmosphere of honor. And here's the principle of honor. The principle of honor is that an atmosphere of honor attracts the blessing of God. An atmosphere of honor attracts the blessing of God. If you want God's blessing on your life, how many of you want God's blessing on your life? If you want God's blessing on your life, if you want God's blessing on your home, if you want God's blessing on your business, on your work on everything you put your hand to. If you want God's blessing on your children, an atmosphere of honor attracts the blessing of God. 
And I believe this is so important because if we can find out what restrains Jesus, we can find out what restrains us. And here, in fact, the only place I'm aware of in the Bible that it says the blessing of God could not be manifest is in this moment. Why? Because there was not an atmosphere of honor. They said it's just Jesus. It's just the carpenter's son. It's just the, the, the brother of James. It's just that we know his sisters. It's just Jesus. And we can fall into the same trap of dishonor when we begin to look at the things that God has put in our lives as just fill in the blank. My job is just doing this. My, my work is just doing that. My wife, my husband, my, my children, they're not something special. They're just so-and-so or such-and-such. -and, such. and I believe if we're going to see the blessing of God come into our lives, into our church, into our city, the way that God wants, I believe that we have to cultivate an atmosphere of honor. You see, honor is, I would say it this way, honor is the on switch for God's blessing to flow into your life. You, there, these lights and all the lights that you have in your home, you can have all of the potential and the power for lights, but how many of you know if you do not flip the switch, you do not experience the benefit? The same is true when it comes to the blessing of God. It's all his grace that's available to us, but honor is the on switch to release the blessing of God into your life, into every aspect of your life. You see, there is a reward to honor. There's a reward to honor. Oftentimes we think because we understand that our salvation is by grace through faith, it's not of works, we begin to think that what we do does not matter. And I want you to understand that our salvation or our forgiveness of sins is by grace through faith, but that faith will always produce a response of honor. That was the response. If you read the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt in Exodus chapter 3, it goes on to say, after it says that God, or in Exodus 12, after God brings them out, it says that they set aside a day as holy to the Lord. A day of observance. What were they doing? They were honoring God. That's the natural response to God's grace. And when we do not honor God, we miss out on the blessing that God wants to bring into our lives. There's a great story of honor that you, perhaps you've heard me share before. It's the story of Eric Liddell, or Eric Little. I don't know how you pronounce it, but Eric Liddell, he was a British runner in the 1924 Olympics. And he had been training as any Olympic athlete had. Uh, he had been training perhaps his whole life, certainly years for this moment. And on the week of the Olympic qualifying uh, trials, he found out that the, the qualifying trial for the race that he was set to run fell on Sunday. It, it fell on Sunday, and he had a conviction in his heart that Sunday was the Lord's day. That's what the Bible calls it, the Lord's day, that it was a special day, and that because of that, he needed to honor God, and, and, and not just when he had nothing else to do, he actually had to honor God first and foremost by committing to not do anything else 
on that day. And so when the, when the trial was announced to fall on Sunday, he said, I'm sorry, but I'm not able to run. I've made a commitment to honor the Lord, and I'm not able to run. He was appealed to by the, uh, the British Olympic Committee. He was appealed to by the Prince of Wales. They said, come on, this is the moment you've trained your whole life for. You've got to run. And he said, no, I've got to honor the Lord. And so they moved him from his race, which was the 100-meter dash. They moved him to a race on another day that he, in the natural, was totally unprepared for. It was the 400-meter race. And it fell on another day. And history tells us the story of Eric Liddell. As he goes to run that race, he's walking up to the starting blocks. And a man hands him a, a note. And as he opens it up, it reads this scripture from 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30 that says this, those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me, I will esteem lightly. Those who honor me, I will honor. Now, let me tell you this. The test of honor is not when it's convenient. The test of honor is when it's inconvenient and there's other things that challenge that commitment. Right? That's the test of honor. But Eric said, I'm going to commit to honor God. And if you know the story, you know, or if you've seen Chariots of Fire, the movie, you know that Eric Liddell ran the 400-meter race, and he won the 400-meter. Why did he win? Well, I believe in part it was the blessing of God because he honored the Lord, because he honored God. And if you want the blessing of God, the favor of God, the goodness of God on your life, you have to practice the principle of honor. I I even believe this very practically. This morning, you're practicing the principle of honor simply by being here. You know, the fact is today that statistics tell us that the average church attender goes to church or a church gathering once every six weeks. That's the committed people. But I would just say this, that there is, if you honor God, that decision is already made. When you honor God, that affects every aspect of your life. It does affect your calendar. You can say, I honor God until there's a good beach day or until it's a rainy day. Or I honor God until there's, you know, something else that comes up. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad, but here's what I want you to understand is that the beach will never bless your life. Disney will not bring the blessing of God, the favor of God to your life. If you want to honor God, and I just want to give, if I can, can I give a little pastoral encouragement? I'm talking to those who are part of this church, members of this, this church. I want to encourage you to commit to being here weekly, to being here weekly, not because we need it, but because it's an issue of honor. When you commit to honor the Lord, you put his time, his day as the priority in your life. It's the same as date night for my wife and I. I can say that I love her, but if it comes to date night, in every date night that comes up, I have someone else that trumps her on my calendar. How many of you know I can say one thing, but I'm living another thing? And if you want the blessing of God, I told you this last week, that part-time 
work doesn't get full-time benefits. Just as it is in work, it is in our spiritual lives that part-time followers of Jesus don't experience the full benefits of God. And so I want to encourage you. You know, the reality is I don't see all the practical things in your life. I can't see if you're reading the Bible. I can't see if you're praying. I can't see if you're giving. I can't see how you're worshiping. But I can see whether or not you come on a Sunday and gather together. And I know that the reality is for many of us that that is something that we have the opportunity to just say, God, I'm going to honor you. Now, I'm not saying a heavy yoke of legalism, but what I'm just saying is if you want the blessing of God on your life, you've got to practice the principle of honor. Amen? So I want to encourage you, if this is your home church, I want to encourage you again just to say first and foremost, at the beginning of every week, every month, I'm going to put gathering with God's people priority. That's what Jesus did. The Bible says he, he gathered weekly and went to the temple with the people of God on a weekly basis, okay? And so I want to encourage you with that, to honor God in your life. You see, not every person that came out of Israel entered into the promised land, not every person that was brought out of bondage entered into the blessing. In fact, very few people that were brought out of Egypt entered into the promised land. Why? Because they did not honor God. The Bible says this in Deuteronomy 1, 26 and 27. Nevertheless, you would not go up against the command, but you rebelled against the command of the Lord and you complained in your tents. They're saying you wouldn't honor God. The Bible's saying you wouldn't honor God and you dishonored his purpose and his plan. You complained in your tents. Notice that it wasn't complaining in public. You know, dishonor often isn't what's presented in public. It's what happens in private. Dishonor is not necessarily the way you talk about someone in public. It's about what happens in private. When no one is looking, what do you say? And perhaps not even what happens in your mouth, but what happens in your heart. God again and again, or Jesus again and again, corrected the Pharisees because they honored God publicly, but they dishonored him in their heart. If we want to honor God, if we want to enter into the fullness of God's blessing for our life, we need to practice the principle of honor. Look at what the Bible says in John or 2 John chapter 1, verse 8. Look to yourselves. Notice it doesn't say look at somebody else. Look to yourselves that you do not lose the things that you worked for, but that you may receive or that we may receive the full reward. How many of you want a partial reward? How many of you want your, on your payday, when you get your paycheck, you're like, you know what, I don't really care how much they give me. I don't really care if it's a full payment. Just whatever you feel like. How many of you, nobody's that way? Okay, yeah, we want the full reward. The same is true in our spiritual life, that there are some people they've come out of they'll, uh, bondage. They'll go to heaven when they die, but they don't experience the full reward because they do not honor God. They have not put God first. You see, I believe dishonor is the common cold of spiritual life. It's the common cold. Of spiritual life. It, that means this. It may not kill you, but it will zap your strength. The, the common cold may not, you may not die of it, 
but you're not going to experience the fullness of life that God has for you. And the same is true when it comes to the issue of honor. If we just treat things as common, if we treat people as common, we'll be like those people at Goodwill that had something and they missed out on the potential of what they had because they treated it as common. The same is true in, in all of our lives, our spiritual lives, that dishonor can become the common cold. It may not kill you, but it will zap your spiritual potential. And so I want to look at three areas of honor. First of all, or before that, just to be clear, that honor begins by honoring the Lord. Honor begins by honoring the Lord. I told you last week, all of those rewards, it says, who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? And the answer is the Lord. The Lord. You see, the person that you serve determines the blessings that you receive. And so if we want the blessings of God, the benefits of God, first of all, we've got to honor the Lord, as I've spoken of already. But sometimes it's easier to honor God than it is to honor other people. It's easier to, to love God or say, I love God, than it is to honor other people. And Jesus gives us uh, some people that we're called to honor and I believe it's, if we want to cultivate an atmosphere of honor so that we experience the blessing of God, I believe this is a very important thing for us to understand. In Matthew 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 40, we'll put it up on the screen. Matthew 10, verse 40, and it says this, He who receives me, and he who, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. What's he saying? There's value. You're seeing the value. When you receive Jesus, you're receiving not just a good prophet, not just a good teacher. You're receiving him who sent him. You're receiving God. And then he goes on to say, he, he who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. There's three areas of honor. The first one, he lists there, a prophet, and he says this, and he who receives a righteous man, that's the second, in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. We're talking about benefits. We're talking about experiencing the blessing of God, the milk and honey that God has for us in our lives, or as Jesus calls it here, the reward. And Jesus tells us three categories of people that we are to honor if we want to receive the reward of honor. And I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. The first one he says is that we are to honor the little ones. Now, that's what we call our children's ministry here at One Church, at the small preschool, the little ones. And it's actually fitting because I believe when Jesus says that we should honor the little ones, that he's actually saying that we should honor those who in the natural would be beneath us. We should honor those that in the natural people would look at and think, well, you don't need to honor them. They're beneath you. That, that can be if you're an employer or a manager, that can be your employees. In the natural, you may think, well, it's not my job to honor them, but Jesus says this. Other places, he says, what you do to the least of these, you do to me. And so he's saying that we are to honor those beneath us, our employees. I believe it's also true for our children that as parents, that we should honor our children. 
I don't know if you realize this, but as a parent, you can actually lift up or you can destroy your children's destiny through your words, through the way you treat them. You can either add value to their lives or cause challenges to their life that they may spend years trying to overcome. How? Through honor. And so we're to speak life over our children. We're, we're to tell them who they are, not who they are in the moment. We're to speak who God says that they can be over our children. I believe also little ones are people that we just encounter in the course of daily life that may be, quote unquote, beneath us. Maybe it's the server at the restaurant that you may feel like, well, you know, it's your job to serve me. Maybe it's the Uber driver. Maybe it's, maybe it's the, the people that serve you by picking up your garbage or offering any number of services to you that you may think are, quote unquote, beneath you. These are the little ones. And the Bible says that there is a reward to honoring those people. So we're to honor the little ones. Not only are we to honor the little ones, but he also says a righteous man. A righteous man. Who's a righteous man? Look at your neighbor say you're a righteous man or a righteous woman. A righteous person are those that are around us. And so a little one are those beneath us or that we may feel are beneath us, but a righteous person are those around us. And you may hear that and you may think, well, doesn't the Bible say there's no one righteous? Yeah, in the natural, that's true. But here, what they're talking about is beginning to see the people around you, not as they are in the natural, but as they can be through God's grace. That we're to begin to treat every single person, not as common, but we're to treat them as a person made in the image of God, a man or a woman of God, a righteous person. That means that you should not speak badly about people behind their backs. Actually, you just shouldn't speak badly about people at all. <laughs> but you should speak well of people. That's also true, I believe, of our spouses. You know, oftentimes the issue of honor, the greatest test or challenge, is not people that are far off, but it's those who are closest to us. Why? Because we can see the things in their life that may not be deserving of honor. It's easy to look at somebody a thousand miles away and think, wow, they're so great. But how many of you know when you look at your spouse, you can see, not my spouse, I don't see any problems with her, but, but she may see with me some things not deserving of honor. And you have the choice of whether you're going to treat them according to what you see or treat them according to what God says about them. We're to honor one another around us. And then lastly, he says this, we are to honor a prophet. A prophet. What is a prophet? A prophet is a, a person in a position of authority, a God-given position of authority. And of course, oftentimes when we think about honor, this may be the first place that we think, but the Bible's clear. We're to honor those beneath us. We're to honor down. We're to honor around, but we're also to honor up. The Bible tells us that there are those who have been appointed by God into positions of authority that are worthy of honor, not even because of their behavior or their character, but because of the office that they are in. The office that they are in. And I don't have time to unpack the whole issue of authority, but I, I want you to understand that understanding this issue of honor and the blessing of God in our lives 
hangs on, in part, our understanding of authority. And so there are, there are four aspects of authority that we need to understand. One is civil authority. We're called to honor our civil authority. That means all the way from the president down to the traffic cop on the street. They're in a position of authority. Now, I know that sometimes you may see things and you may feel like, well, they're not deserving of honor. But let me tell you this. The Bible makes it very clear that we are to honor those in authority. Let me, let me be bold and say we are to honor our president regardless of what your opinion is of him. That's true when Trump's in office. That's true when Obama was in office. And that will be true when the next president's in office. And you may feel that if you disagree with that person that you have a license to dishonor. But the Bible says that all authority is appointed by God. When you dishonor, you are coming out from under the flow of God's blessing into your life. And so, again, I want to encourage you that, that it is not okay to publicly tear down people in authority. Now, that doesn't mean that you, have to disagree, that you have to agree, but there's a difference between disagreeing and dishonoring. We're called to honor those in authority. We're also called to honor not only civil authority, we're also called to honor family authority. We don't have this on the screen, but family authority. God appoints uh, authority in the family, specifically parents. In fact, the fifth commandment is this, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you that you may live long in the land. Now, you don't always have to obey everything your parents say. There comes an age where you're no longer, you know, under their rule, but you do have to honor them, if for no other reason, the fact that God used them to give you natural life, they are deserving of honor. You would not be who you are, you would not be where you are without your parents. And so we're to honor family authority. We're also to honor social authority. Social authority is the people around us that that have authority or have influence over our lives. That may be, again, those who are managers over us, our bosses. We're to honor bosses, coaches, teachers. We're to submit to them, the Bible says, as unto the Lord, because it's of no benefit to you to make their job difficult. You know, I wish I could go back and tell my sixth grade version of myself that. It wasn't of any benefit. I can attest to you. It was not of any benefit to dishonor authority. And the last category that I want you to see, and I'm hesitant to say this because I don't want it to sound that it's self-serving, but it is biblical, is that of spiritual authority. Spiritual authority. You know, the Bible, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that God gives some to be apostles, pastors, evangelists, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. What's he talking about? The spiritual authority that God has put in his church. Let me say it this way, that they are a gift from God. That's what the Bible says. Or, or to put it another way, every person needs a pastor, a pastor that cares for you, that shepherds you, that teaches you, that helps you to experience the life of God. And the scripture says this, that when we honor those that God has put in spiritual authority over our lives, that we receive what the Bible calls a double reward. That there's a blessing that comes into 
our lives. That's true of pastors. That's true of our elders. That's true of a connect group leader. You know, you can kind of buck up against the authority or say, who do you think you are? Let me tell you, that's just dishonor. And if you want the blessing of God, you need to cultivate an atmosphere of honor in your life. Amen? And so I want to just take a moment. We're going to close in a couple minutes. But I want to take a moment just to honor some incredible people in our church. I, I just want to have an honor moment, if we can, for just a second. Andrews, would you bring that stool over here? And, uh, you know, there's people in our church that labor week in and week out that are oftentimes behind the scenes that you never see and you never know about. And uh, we'll just take one of these, buddy. Thank you so much. Whoops. Good job. Let's give him a round of applause. Well done. And um, so we're going to make this, if we can, just the the chair of honor for just a moment, okay? This is the honor chair. We're just going to honor some people in our church for just a moment. So first of all, I want to ask Sarah Griffin to come up. Sarah Griffin, are you here? Sarah? Sarah around. Maybe she's out in the lobby. She's coming. She's coming. She didn't know that I was doing this. So Sarah's going to come up here and sit, and or we're going to imagine that Sarah's sitting here in the chair of honor. And um, But let me just say this about Sarah. Here she is. Come up, Sarah. Let's give Sarah a round of applause. Some of you don't know Sarah because she hates to come up here, but Sarah, come up here and sit in the chair of honor. I feel like it should be like heated or like have a little back rubber on it, but just sit there for just a second because we just want to, I just want to say publicly, nothing makes, it says honor quite like an awkward moment, right? But I just want to say, Sarah, publicly, I want to honor you. I want to tell you that you're a gift from God. You're a blessing from God to this church. And some of you don't know that because you don't see Sarah up here, but every one of our lives, if you're a part of this church, have been benefited through Sarah. She's our operations director. She just makes things happen behind the scenes. And um, when I first met Sarah, she was single. Since then, she's gotten married. She's had two children. She's now a foster mom. And Sarah has, throughout every season that she's been in, she has served so faithfully. She sees my grumpiness on Mondays. She sees my frustration at times, different situations, but she just serves faithfully. And so, Sarah, I want to just say thank you. Even even as your husband is in a season now that he's oftentimes working and has all kinds of responsibilities. And Sarah, right now, her house, there was an accident that her house, and I think you're used to living in a hotel. She's living in a hotel. Mom of two kids. Is Jason working today? Jason's at work today as as an EMT paramedic, and she is here today serving. And we just want to say, Sarah, you are a blessing. You're a gift from God. This is, you're not just Sarah, but you are a gift from God to this church, and we're so grateful. We're so grateful for you. And so I just want to bless you. I want to pray God's blessing over you. Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful gift, Lord, that you have blessed our church with. God, I pray that your blessing would come on her. Lord, as she honors you, I pray you would honor her. 
God, I pray an increase of grace and favor on her life. Lord, we thank you, God, that she's called to this ministry that she's in. Lord, thank you that she's not just serving in a position, but God, she's serving as unto you. And so, Lord, we bless her today. We speak blessing and favor over her life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Sarah. Love you. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quick. I'm going to call up a couple other people. Who's like, it's me, me, me. Okay, I'm going to call Mr. Daniel Santiago. All of these people hate coming up here, and they didn't know that I was going to bring them up. But Daniel, come up, sit in the very fancy chair of honor for just a moment. And uh, Daniel, most of you never see this guy because he serves Sunday after Sunday in the back, and he's the production manager. He makes sure everything happens here on Sundays, and uh, he's in that one role that nobody ever notices until something goes wrong. And Daniel, I just want to honor you. I want to say thank you, and I want you to know that you, and I've said this to you before, but you're an answer to prayer. You're a blessing from the Lord. You're not a sound guy. You're a servant of the Lord. You're a blessing. You're a minister from the Lord. And yeah, we can give it, honor him. And um, Daniel, every single Sunday, I'll just say this. If you've never been, if you're not familiar with church, uh, pastor-sound guy relationships, sometimes that's not always the most beautiful relationship in the world, but it is, there's a serious bromance here, okay? And every time I come in, every single Sunday, Daniel walks up, smile on his face, and, and greets me, and he's always happy. He never He's the first one here on a Sunday. At what time? He's here at 745 every single Sunday, and he's the last one out every single Sunday, working behind the scenes to make this happen. And so, Daniel, I just want to say thank you to you. I want to honor you. You're a gift to this church, a blessing to this church. And I just want to say thank you so much. I love you, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. And uh, last, last but not least, quickly, I'm running out of time, but that is Gabriel Santiago. Gabriel, hiding, hiding back there in the back. Gabriel, come on up, man. Gabriel uh, is a great blessing. Again, you don't see Gabriel because he's the guy sitting here on the awkward chair. I mean, on her chair, on the honor chair. And um, let's just have 30 seconds of uninterrupted eye contact. No, <laughs> Gabriel, um, Gabriel is special to me because I got to be his youth pastor in high school, in middle school. And um, Gabriel, I've watched over the years as Gabriel has been faithful to the Lord as many people around him, many of his friends did not make that commitment, but Gabriel has been committed and faithful in honoring the Lord and not only honoring the Lord, but also faithful in serving. He's, he, he volunteers here in the church and he's here week in and week out. He runs what you see on the screen up here and um, these graphics Gabriel was a part of putting those together along with Dylan York, putting those amazing, delicious graphics together. And um, Gabriel, I just want to say thank you, man, for the huge blessing 
that you are. You don't have to do what you do, but you do it out of service and honor to the Lord. And I just want to honor you. I want to say what a gift and a blessing that you are. I'm so thankful I couldn't do what I do. We couldn't do what we do as a church if it wasn't for you doing what you do. And so I just want to say thank you and honor you. You're an awesome, awesome man. Let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for Gabriel. Thank you for this great man of God. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would release an increase of blessing into his life. God, I pray that there would be a release of your favor, your goodness, God, into his life and through his life. Lord, as he has honored you, Father, I pray that you would honor him. Pour out, open the window of heaven, pour out a blessing over his life, I pray. I thank you for him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you too, man. Love you too. Hey, we're almost out of time, but I want to ask you if you would just to stand up. Worship team, you can come back up.